Hello and welcome to the Garage Wire podcast with me, Mike Ruff, Garage Wire editor. How much do you know about your workshop profitability, your technician efficiency, your margins? Today's guest suggests such data is essential for independent garage success and with the right garage management system, it's not as hard as you may initially think to capture and analyse workshop data. What's more, the launch of a new data website for garages means you can see what the industry average is for the likes of invoice values, labour rates and more. Before we find out more about that though, I'd like to welcome on Tim Benson of Oldfields Garage in Herefordshire, who transformed his family business by analysing data. Tim, I listened to a presentation you were holding at Rep Expert Academy Live last year where you were inspiring other garage owners to maximise profit opportunities and you explained that a big part of being able to do that is by analyzing your business data. At what point did data become a central part to operations at Oldfields Garage? Yeah, I think, um, you know, when I look back at the at the business sort of, um, you know, when dad was uh, was operating it, you know, it was a very successful um, garage built basically on uh, on sort of core values of, of honesty, integrity and, and those sorts of things. Um, very good technician, but um, the the problem was it was sort of a little bit haphazard, if you like. So um, when I rejoined the business, um, which was 13, 14 years ago now, um, you know, I, I was looking at what information, you know, we were quite computerized. So we, we had history on vehicles, we were invoicing using a proper system. You can see historically, but not very clearly as to what's going on now. Obviously, data is so important to understand what's happening within your business. And the systems we were using then were okay, um, but just didn't give you that level of detail that you can actually see what's going on, you know, fairly currently or even live, which is which is what we've got now. When I look back to systems we've used historically, um, we we could we could get the information, so the data was there, but it was always after the event, and it's very difficult to make any decisions moving forwards. Um, you know, you're almost too late with the information, um, and whilst it's good for a reporting point of view, it doesn't give you that that sort of ability to to see and react you know almost instantly what data do you collect and how do you use it every single day we're looking at things like average invoice value um, what's happening uh, in terms of our, our customer feedback so what scores they're they're giving us um, what are obviously our, our sales figures are um, gross profit figures um, and also how efficient we are um, as a as an overall business and where our labor rate sits uh, and what we're actually achieving um, compared to that. So, so those are sort of the, the snapshots of things that I look at a daily basis. But because we measure so much information, what it means is that if you spot something that doesn't look right, you can actually start to delve in to, to what's happened down to a really granular level to see, right, you know, what is it that's, that's changed and what can we do um, to solve it. So what has this done for your business, Tim? Yeah, I mean, we've, we've increased our, our revenue in the in the workshop side. Um, and it's been, you know, it, it's something that, you know, I, I, I would say that the data has a massive impact on it. But I think from my point of view, it's, it's about the decisions you can make with the data. So whilst, you know, they're sort of combined together, really, it's those two factors. So by measuring and monitoring the data, you can do things now, and that's the that's the key 
the key difference. So it's definitely improved our revenue. Um, it's also enabled me to step a little bit more out of the business because um, I can see what customers think about us on a daily basis. And, you know, this is unedited. You know, customers tell us exactly what they think. They don't have to reply, but if they do, I know that that's their, that's their view. Um, so again, it gives me, so we can see what the team's um, doing when I'm not around, really. It seems it really is about working smarter, not harder, as they say. And this data really does help you to make those smart decisions. Yeah, yeah, definitely. And, and like I say, because you, you know, you can't, when you've got historic data, you can sort of predict patterns. And, and you know, we are a cyclical industry. And whilst there's anomalies throughout everything, um, you know, an MOT is due if they've got the same car the same month typically a service is due 12 months on from when it's done so we so we know potentially what's coming um, using the garage hive data I can actually see what's due in those months so you can look forward so I can look and see right what do we need to do to resource differently you know are we going to need to bring in an extra member of staff are we going to need to bring in some temporary staff and all those sorts of things you know we, we typically don't take those actions but with the information you can actually see what's what's gonna gonna happen and because it's ahead of you you can plan for it rather than wait for it to happen powerful stuff tim benson of oldfields garage pleasure chatting as always thanks for sharing your thoughts with us yeah thanks mike cheers Today's special guest started his career at his family garage business in 2004, where he spent eight years working as a qualified technician specialising in engine rebuilds. The business has since grown from just two members of staff and a single site back then to nine branches across Nottinghamshire today. It's not all been plain sailing though. Cash flow challenges in 2012 first sparked our guest's interest in bookkeeping and his decision to come off the tools to run the accounts. Painful lessons were learned from which ideas on business planning and the vital importance for garages to set profit targets realised. These fundamentals played a key part in the development of Garage Hive and, most recently, the launch of Garage Industry Trends. It is, of course, Alex Lindy, Director of Garage Hive and Managing Director of Lindley's Auto Centres. Thanks for joining us, Alex. Uh, thank you for having me. Alex, we're talking data today and I'm keen to delve into some of the trends that are materialising from Garage Industry Trends. But before we get stuck into that, why is data so important for the successful running of an independent garage? Yeah, I mean, I think I think understanding your data uh, in any business is essential just for increasing your chances of success. Uh, gut instinct and intuition are important and they'll always play a part in running a business. But with the right data in front of you, you can make some really great informed decisions, potentially saving a lot of time and money. Um, and it's important to note as well that data is also a great motivator, uh, not just for the business owner, but also your team members. Setting a target or a goal using data can add a level of focus that you can't achieve otherwise. So with this in mind, introduce us to Garage Industry Trends. It launched in September. What's it all about? Going back a few years, it was a, it was a bit of a, a crazy idea that myself and Ray, so Ray's the managing director of Garage Hive for those that aren't aware. Um, and we introduced a a new KPI to Garage Hive customers called Net Promoter Score. A Net Promoter Score is it's a methodology in which you survey your customers and you understand your customer satisfaction, essentially. And what, what we wanted to do with that data was share that specific piece of data across all Garage Hive customers. Um, so they can understand what level of satisfaction they should expect from their customer base. 
Uh, now, one thing led to another, like like you know, ideas do, um, and we decided to add a few more data points to it. And what that looks like today is a website called garageindustrytrends.com. Um, and it's, it's a website that allows you to view data from uh, some of Garage Hive customers, uh, one as, as averages, but more importantly as trends, and this is something I'll come on to later in the podcast. Uh, currently, there, there are four pieces of data available. Uh, these are uh, labor rate, average invoice value, average future bookings, and then the original uh, net promoter score, which was where the idea stemmed from. It's a fantastic concept. So how does the data feed into your analysis? So th this is really important to understand, and we try and stress this point. Um, it is on an opt-in only basis. So it's only the Garage Hive customers that have opted in. Now, luckily, uh, lots of Garage Hive customers, they're very data-centric businesses now. They've learned to, to love data. Um, so they're, they're very supportive of this project that Garage Hive have, uh, has started. So we've had a lot, a lot of people opt in uh, completely off their own back. Uh, there's no benefit to them currently. We are planning on adding benefits to the customers that have opted in. But as of now, they're just opted in. Um, and then e each night, the, all the transactions from the customers that are opted in are aggregated and anonymized. Uh, and then the data each night is then published to a centralized database. So it's taken off the Garage Hive system, put in a, in a central database completely anonymously. And then we use technology called uh, Power BI. So it's a platform built by Microsoft. It's the same technology we use for our customers to understand their data, is the, is the technology we're using to display the same data on garageindustrytrends.com. Uh, and it's a, it's a public website as well. So it's not just exclusive to Garage Hive customers. So in short, it's a completely anonymous feed from opted in workshops using Garage Hive. How many garages are currently sharing data with you? So we're currently on 109, uh, but, but due to the transparent nature that we're trying to uh, adopt with Garage Industry Trends, this is visible on the website. So if you go to the website, you'll always see, one, how many garages are opted in, so how big the data set is, and then two, the, the quantity of transactions. Uh, we passed the 100,000 transaction mark in about eight weeks. Really, you can start to appreciate the sheer volumes of data we're gathering on a monthly basis, which is which I, I personally think is quite cool. It's very cool, Alex. And it still is early days because Garage Industry Trends is currently operating as a beta version, having only recently gone live during an announcement at The Blend in September. What are your plans for the service as the data you collect continues to grow? Currently, all of our focus is on the technology. So we've got it to a point now where it's self-serving as far as a customer opts in and they, the data automatically appears on trends. So our focus has been around creating the technology that allows for the, the fun stuff to come at a later date. What we're currently focused on though is introducing additional ways to split the data. And our biggest focus point at the minute is on fuel type. So anybody in the trend, we're all aware of just the hot topic of EV. It presents all sorts of problems, but uh, one, of the, one of the main issues that I personally think EV is going to present is a lack of work compared to a combustion engine. Now, there is no real data that exists for this to um, be a fact at the minute. So what we're planning on doing is splitting bookings by fuel type so we can see the trend of electric vehicles or hybrid electric vehicles. Are they increasing across the independent sector? But then more importantly, um, things like average invoice value. So what is the average invoice value of a typical EV repair, for example? And th this data is 
as of today is not available in the market at all. And we're quite close to this being a reality and trend. So I'm hoping first quarter next year, we'll have the ability to see this data by EV. And that's an example of how data can really help guide the future direction for a garage business. When it comes to EV, having data to reveal how big the electric vehicle market really is before going out on a whim with significant EV investments, it's, it's really useful information to have and it really proves its value. The question then though is, once presented with this information, how should garages be reacting to the data? So the goal of garage industry trends is in the name. So it's the trend of the data. And we actually think it could be quite a dangerous trap to fall into just trying to compare apples to apples. So when we talk about quantity of bookings, average invoice value, labor rate, etc. This isn't necessarily for a garage owner to visit this website and think, wow, my labor rate's too low or I'm not busy enough or my average invoice value is terrible. It's, it's great for it to trigger a conversation and actually shift the mindset of a business owner. But the whole point of trends garage industry trends and we're, we're abbreviating and calling it trends um, internally now is for business owners to replace the question they asked uh, are you busy have you put your labor rate up and and for anyone that's in the industry that's in any industry forums you'll see these these are hot topics so we expect people to go to the trends website and not have to ask any peers in the industry whether they're busy are they getting busy are they going quiet are you putting your labor rate up are their average invoice values increasing? So the way in which I expect them to use the data is to compare their trend, not their figure, but their trend to garage industry trends trend. Bit of a tongue twister, but that, that's how they should be using the data. The topic of labour rates is one of those hot topics that often crops up on those forums you've just mentioned there. So let's dive into labour rates if we could. Talk us through the average labour rates you're seeing across the UK at the moment. Right, so as it stands, the average labour rate uh, on garage industry trends from 109 garages is £67.51. Now, that figure alone doesn't paint a great picture um, because it, you, what... what what you need to remember is that this data is based on a garage hive customer, not the entire industry. So garage hive um, as, as a management system is aimed towards sort of the bigger, more complex garage. So it's probably gonna be slightly higher than the industry average. But what's really cool, if you go onto the trends website and scroll down to the labor rate section, you can see that for the last four months, week on week, the labor rate has increased. Now this is this is really painting a picture of you know we're all aware that the costs are increasing across across the whole economy in the UK not just our industry, uh, but the trend is that we expect the labour rate across uh, all of garage hive customers that are, that have opted in to increase about ten pound over a twelve month period. That's how it's looking so far. Now that is interesting. What about the regional labour split? So the labour rate uh, on trends is split in a couple of ways. So we have uh, labour rate by country and for now those countries are Scotland, England and Wales. And we do have plans to introduce Ireland and Northern Ireland at a later date. And then we have some regional data for England. Uh, this, for, for example, uh, Greater London, South East, South West, North East, etc. So uh, the regional data um, suggests that the further north in England, the lower the labour rate, the further south, the higher the labour rate, which, which I guess is expected. And then the country split is Scotland as an average. So Scotland is, is the, the entire region of Scotland is 71. England as a region as an average is 68 and Wales is 55. 
So Scotland falls slightly lower than the south of England and Wales is uh, similar to the north of England. Now, going back to the point you made about rising labour rates and bearing in mind that this is just a trend, how should garages be properly calculating what their labour rate should be? So there are there are a few methods and depending on who you speak to, you'll get told a different sort of method. But I think one thing that we can all agree on is that your labour rate should primarily be based on your costs. Um, and then secondary, what your market then allows as a, as a maximum. Um, the trap I personally see a lot of people falling into is that they will compare their labour rate to their neighbour's labour rate and completely ignore their own costs. So one thing I think it's really important to consider is that because your labour rate should be kind of in line with what your costs are, that means that your offering is more expensive. So what what the service that you provide your customer should be relative to the cost of your business. And if your business costs more because you sell better, you not sell, sorry, you provide a nice cup of coffee, you've got more front of house staff, then the value you can give your customer is gonna be higher than a competitor that doesn't have that offering. So it's really important that when setting your labor rate, you focus on your own costs, not keeping your labor rate down because your com competition has a lower labor rate than you. Uh, the Garage Hive team has created a spreadsheet that allows you to put all of your costs into the spreadsheet and, and some extra things like any retained profit you want to keep in the business, any loans that you have, because of course the target should be a cash positive target. This spreadsheet's free to everybody, but it, it really, really gives you a very defined, very clear daily cost, how much it costs for you to open your doors. Uh, and I've, I've seen business owners get caught in the trap of they're not making money, so they just put the labor rate up. They think that's, that's the solution to all of the problems. And without doing a proper analysis, you can just compound the problem as opposed to making the problem better. So I don't suggest anybody changes their labor rate at all until you have done a full cost analysis. Uh, this spreadsheet is available. Um, it, there's a website called ghlaunch.com slash GP, and this spreadsheet is free of charge. Uh, and then there's a video, I've, I've done a, a couple of webinars uh, based on particularly just around this spreadsheet on how to set a labor rate, how to gather your um, daily costs and set a gross profit target. That's really useful. And we will, of course, link to all of the resources you refer to in the show notes for those listening. Before we finish up, though, Alex, regular listeners will know what's coming because we tend to end on a bit of a deep one. So what is the biggest industry challenge that you foresee for independent garages at the moment? So I can speak from our personal experience uh, in Lindley's Auto Centres. So one of the biggest challenges that we, we've got is, no surprises, related to staff. And it's staff retention, staff recruitment, etc. But the problem really stems uh, from the initial issue that we had, which was we couldn't advertise a competitive salary. And then we looked internally and we realised that some of the, some of our staff weren't paid enough and we, we took the decision uh, a year or two ago to uh, give everybody pay rises up to a standard uh, for technicians. And, and this what this allowed us to do was to then advertise a competitive salary. Now, you can imagine the scenario that you're not paying your technicians the same salary that you want to advertise or you can't at least justify to your technicians why your advert is more than they're being paid. You can appreciate some of the problems that, that you can run into. Uh, so that, that's the start of the problem. But where I think the actual problem uh, is, is that if a company is not aware of their costs, 
and the profit isn't potentially there for them to uh, increase staff salaries, then they can't then advertise a competitive salary. And you end up in this vicious circle where uh, you can't get staff because you're not paying enough and you can't pay enough because the profit's not there or you're not sure if the profit's there, for example. So to, to recruit successfully, you need to have a, a good understanding of your costs with a good business plan. You need to be generating the profit that allows you to pay all your staff the, the correct salary to be able to advertise. Uh, and you need all that done before you can actually successfully successfully recruit and, and i do think that is that is a genuinely big challenge and, and one that we've been through staffing seems to be an ongoing challenge and one i know many of our readers and listeners are facing the point that you make about costs and salaries is an interesting one so perhaps we could have you back at some point soon to talk more about that but for now though alex lindley director of garage hive and managing director of lindley's auto centers Thank you so much for joining us on the Garage Wire podcast. Thank you for having me. Many thanks for listening to today's episode. For further information about everything we've discussed today, head to the Garage Wire website. And don't forget, if you have an opinion you want to share, feel free to send me an email via michael.ruff at garagewire.co.uk. And that leaves me with just enough time to say, please do subscribe to the Garage Wire podcast. You'll be able to find us in your podcast player. Thank you.